Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, episode 46. I'm Michael John Simpson. My co-host is the Furiosa to my Mad Max, the powerful Kitty Brown. This week our guest is video game animator, storyboard artist, and comic book writer John Perez. We chatted about Orange County, Christian Roman, animation, Disney 3D versus 2D, storyboarding, Latino media culture, Six Sigma, animation houses, Obsidian Entertainment, South Park, The Stick of Truth, Casa Bonita, Creepy Ravens, Sopapillas, New Orleans, Celebrity Encounters, Big Studio Animation Production, Comics, Archon, TV, Comics Adaptations, and Podcasts. Ski guys, I'm going home. Here's episode 46 of the Something Something Experience. Welcome to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tell us about yourself. Ah, uh, let me see where to start. Well, grew up in Orange County as Kitty knows is like kind of we we refer to it as the curtain, right? Yeah, the orange, the orange curtain. curtain. <laughs> curtain yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Orange County, Laguna. Not even just Orange County, the posh Orange County, Laguna, mm-hmm. Laguna Beach, <laughs> Laguna Beach. Not Orange County, Orange County, Orange County, Orange County. We can just have like a Valley Girl conversation. Right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I grew up in Laguna Beach. Um, my dad was a Wasn't work- there a TV show called Laguna Beach? And I went I to school with wow. all those people, like Larry right. Conrad was and one I of my... I remember the OC. Yeah, well, there was the OC, and that wasn't the OC. But Laguna you Beach. Know, there was Laguna Beach, and I, I went to school with all those people who went on to be reality stars and are now probably working at some fast food chain. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Laura Conrad. She's a published author. Yeah. <laughs> she, actually, she's actually, a, you know what? She's a publisher. Yeah, <laughs> Lauren Conrad did pretty well for herself, and and after her uh, her appearance on Family Guy, kind of have a lot of respect for her. She's not your typical. Yeah, I mean, well, like, she has like her own fashion line yeah. that she's a CEO of. She is a published author. Yeah, I mean, like she she was smart because she realized this fifteen minutes of fame is slowly <laughs> waning. I better like capitalize on like all these other things and diversify yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like yeah yeah when I, I have very few memories of Hang her on. though did you even say your name oh like, I'm sorry oh, right. who's this weird person talking uh yeah uh, it'll be on the, on the blog <laughs> yeah. uh yeah we are so good at this yeah. <laughs> hey you know it's just a conversation you don't you don't say hi John Perez how was your day John Perez how was the thing you, know, you don't you don't uh, reiterate somebody's I'm gonna name refer in to myself in the past sense John Perez was the only only exception to that is um, with mentioning someone's name in a conversation is Kitty Brown. Hi, Kitty Brown. Uh, Hi, Kitty Brown. Hi, Kitty Brown. Um, Kitty Brown. Um, Uh, That's uh, the one exception. Yeah. So, so I grew up there. um, Like uh, you do in Laguna Beach, dealing with all those things. Although I did not go to high school there. I was there freshman year, and I went. It was the complete culture shock because my parents were like, screw the Orange County Unified School District. We're putting yeah. you in all boys Catholic school because we're going to like. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, so, I fear for your But knuckles. you know what? Like, <laughs> I probably survived better that way. So, like, yeah. And then after that, I decided to go so far from home, uh, attending uh, my undergrad in animation in Laguna Beach at <laughs> Laguna College of uh, where uh, me and Kitty were both. Uh, yeah. Students. 
together. Yeah, we were both in the animation it, program yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groovy. Way back when. Way, way back <laughs> that, when. Was that where uh, you were under Christian Roman's tutelage? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. We both had Chris Roman. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that guy. He's, he's a form, so, so sweet. Former guest of the podcast, a very yeah, good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, went to, I was doing uh, improv with Christian oh, back in... God, yeah. The early 2000s. Yeah, I like when I got and my the LA connection. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I I think I talked to him about a year or a couple of years ago. Like when I got the job on the South Park game, I was like, yeah, now we're both working for long running animated <laughs> franchises. Cool, and they cool. Just, uh, so, which you, uh, which South Park game? Did you uh, work the Stickatron. Oh, okay, cool. Stick-a-tron. Oh, I'm jumping so far ahead. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay, we can bounce around. Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, well, like I, it's weird because like. As Kitty explained, we we're both in the animation uh, undergrad program. Like, sure. Yeah. Where they were, and especially when we entered, it was pre Pixar was just starting to get yeah. popular. So, like, it everyone. kind of sort of had a little bit of 3D, yeah. like, you know, a tiny bit of Maya and stuff, yeah. but not a whole lot. Because, like, they, these people only knew how to. Our teachers, like, were, were all kind of like. Uh, working animators, so, animators so, so yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, cell animators, like uh, storyboarders. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Chris, Chris has done a lot of yeah, storyboarding. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that's that's what he encouraged me to sure, like sure, sure. Uh, focus on. Is yeah. like, uh, yeah, he, he took me and he care- was like one of the most encouraging teachers yeah. at the school. Like, yeah. I can't say enough good things. Yeah, about yeah. he oh, is exactly the same. He had a lot of good things to say yeah. about you and what a good Aww. student you were. So now. Now I want to say hi to him. <laughs> we're, we're gonna like start over. Like, I might be able to make it. Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm friends with. That. I should just message one of these days. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, we did our undergrad in, in animation, and like, we all thought like we we're gonna be cell animators at such and such on a TV show, or like doing layout and stuff like. And then the entire industry changed, changed with, with Pixar got really popular when they started outselling every single thing and then our teachers like uh, we had two chairs of the department but like our teacher who's the former chair he basically said like you gotta learn this Maya who stuff it was Aubrey Mintz yeah 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 he's, he's I, a nice guy I think the turning point looking back the turning point I think was Shrek once because Pixar had a couple movies out uh, uh, Bugs Life and and a couple and Toy Story but then it's when Shrek hit, yeah. then a different studio, DreamWorks Studio, yeah. different studio had a real big hit with an with a three D animated movie. That's when everything went boom. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. Like Disney overnight. I think Home on the Range was their last two D one. They just shut well, down their. They did Princess and the Frog. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. they did, did a few. Since yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that one, which like they it was supposed to be their return to traditional, and then it. Because it tanked. Didn't yeah, it tanked because it came out the same month at, or or two weeks before Avatar, so it was like yeah. just boom. So well, and also like you know, with most of their princess movies, like you hear about them for a good year, you don't stop hearing yeah, about them, right? and like they right. barely whispered about yeah. princess. In the Which is why I mean, and Frozen is not two D, but Frozen, yeah. you know, I mean, all you heard about was Frozen, yeah. Frozen, 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 Frozen yeah. before and after. Like yeah. I think part of it was they were kind of unsure of how to market like their first black princess know, and I'm like just market her like you would any princess come on say here you go girls here's a new princess here's a new Disney princess enjoy <laughs> here you go boys here you go anybody who wants it here yeah. you go here it is it's out there go it, enjoy I love this movie it's, it's ridiculous they just, they just didn't do it. Oh, well I mean then they kind of like had their game going. I mean, they had like uh, Ron and uh, John and Ron. Like, they're, yeah. they're really good directors. But like, 
a lot of the talent, like the musical talent too, was they they had they should have like brought in um uh who I think it was Randy Newman was the composer yeah. for it, and it's like he's not like their best like no because like when you think of Randy Newman, you think I, think, oh, more, God, I Randy, think more Pixar. Yeah, than yeah, yeah, Randy yeah. Yeah. I mean, my dad's friends with Randy. Newman, so <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crack <laughs> to Bugs like also they had so much they could have done with like New Orleans jazz music, and I feel like they didn't push yeah, it. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. know. But, but the character designs were Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Like and, Dr. Fossil. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and when you think of that movie, like me, like I, that, that Fossier, like uh, that that musical sequence is just the thing that's always like, oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But, you know, with 2D, you can't afford to have like one or two good musical scenes. All of them have to be like. They have to pop. Uh, yeah. They have to just so pop. Cause people, yeah, you think about Aladdin and all the music oh, scenes oh, in that, and they're like, all just blow your head off. The Beast, yeah, even yeah. Little Mermaid, which, yeah. you know, that, that was them just finally. Yeah. like queuing up the renaissance but uh-huh. every one of those so but like, I mean all of those movies they're musicals yeah like, they're animated <laughs> musicals. musicals you know yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> going back in time uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh it was just changing. It, it just changed overnight. So they're like, "Oh, like, oh, you gotta learn this 3D stuff." And for some of us, like, I think it worked out for them. They embraced it. For me, I'm, I was really more like, I really like the traditional stuff. Yeah. I really like kind of like throwing ideas and kind of like working out partly problem solving. Yeah. I think that was really it. It's like with with. 3D animation, I'm sure you ask like a proficient 3D animator, you'll see that. For me, it was just kind of, for, for me, 3D animation was remembering a certain set of technical instructions. Mm-hmm. Storyboarding and more traditional like acting, that was just problem solving, and I enjoyed that so much. And yeah. like, yeah, going back to Chris Roman, like one of the classes I enjoyed so much was uh, Chris Roman's uh, Storyboarding 1 class. Yeah. Oh, that right. was so great. I mean, right. he just gave us the assignment, I, I don't think you were in my section, but the, yeah. I was in there, and he would just give, he gave, like, really simple assignment where it's just well, you pick you were in, a, like, the morning class. I think you? I was. Like, yeah, I, you I, were I a night walk. Night walk. not morning, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just gave a simple, like, fairy tales. Like, mine was Jack and the Beanstalk, and it's just, everyone knows Jack and the Beanstalk. Your, your... Your job is to find the most creative way to, like, solve Jack and the Beanstalk. So, like, yeah, it was just, I love that class. And I, and later on, I audited uh, David Proxima's class, who I, I think he, he was actually, like, really, really encouraging as well. He would, he got so much acting and stuff out of me as well. Like, I always say, like, I learned how to storyboard from uh, Chris Roman. I learned good acting from Dave Proxima. And then I learned how to tell a story, like just a three act structure, from another instructor we both had, Marshall, Marshall. Vandruff. Oh my god, that guy! I keep saying that guy is like the Joseph Campbell of our time, where he's yeah. like years from now, where people are going to be studying just his creative method. Well, like how many famous students does yeah. he have? Like Justin Sweet and Kazuki Uchi. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. Pretty much everyone in flight studied under yeah, Marshall. Yeah, and he does these lectures at Obsidian and Blizzard and stuff, and like, yeah. 
Every, well, and he's finally started putting them online. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he year decades from now they'll be studying yeah. him, and I can. I, I'm just like, flat. I, yeah. Honest to God, probably owe my art career to Marshall Vandruff and Rick Reese because Rick yeah. was the one who taught me how to do vector graphics. Yes. in Illustrator, and that's like that's what I make my money off of. Now. <laughs> like legit. Yeah, I mean, like, and, yeah, and, and you were ahead of the game because now everyone who's like trying to jump in the Flash stuff. They're just learning this stuff. like, yeah. And it's like, oh, again, I'll jump so far ahead back on South Park. All it was was just optimizing those characters. Because, yeah. like, it's just you have to make this so optimized, otherwise the system will crash. Yeah. I, I'll talk about, like, how... Well, yeah. And to take a moment for our listeners who don't know what a vector graphic is, it's basically an image that you... Okay, Photoshop is raster-based, meaning that, yeah. like, it will pixelate. But a vector graphic will never pixelate. You can make it any size you want. You can do almost anything to it, and it'll still stay, like, crisp and clean and have, like, really good resolution. So it's become, like, the industry standard for a lot of things simply because you can make it any size you want. Yeah. Right. yeah. Because it's based on vectors. It's based, yeah. on a, based on a box or a, grid or a three-dimensional grid that you can expand and contract. Yeah. 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 Not... Pixels, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. which can get gross and crunchy. Right, right. Because <laughs> yeah. a, pi- a pixel is a pixel is a pixel. It's the same size. It's always the same size. So if you enlarge that field, that pixel gets bigger, yeah. and you can see the edges of it. Welcome to art talk. Yeah, but, no. <laughs> well, it's funny you say it because I'm like, just making sure I understand yeah. and I'm caught yeah. up. So yeah. no, no, being the only non-artist in the room, uh, non-graphic uh, artist. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So after uh, well. Nearing my end, the end of my tenure at, at Laguna College, or LCAT as it's called now, uh, uh, I started focusing more on the storyboarding stuff. Like, I jump around from different projects. Jump and, around, jump yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I jump around from different projects, and I, I'd be like storyboarding sequences from uh, different uh, persons' projects. And for whatever reason, it was so weird. Like, they. I would hear this over and over and over again where people would say, like, I love animating, I love, like, coming up with stories, but, like, storyboarding is, like, the most boring part of the entire process, and to me, I'm, like, for me, that's where all the richness comes from, right. like, that's it's where, just, that's like... where the story yeah, starts, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I, it, it depends, you'll hear a lot of, like, people debating where the story comes from, like, a spit, like in live action, it's like, it's a screenwriter, in animation, it's kind of like this weird hybrid thing, sure, where sure. it's, like... It is the writer, but it's also these people in a room. Like do they, they say, like Walt Disney came up with this method where he just got a bunch of funny people, put him in a room with a bunch of cigarettes and like just blank <laughs> pieces of paper, and they just come up with a story like No Tomorrow. Well, yeah, they would it, improv and act yeah, things they, out, yeah, and then people would sit yeah, and draw yeah, it and draw yeah, the yeah. storyboard well, of it. Yeah, I know the other thing that Disney for sure came up with was storyboarding. Yes, like, yeah, 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 that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I missed that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I, I took that like more to heart. Like, I just love storyboarding so much, so much. So like, I just would storyboard various stuff from people's scenes. I storyboard my own film, and I think that was probably the flaw of storyboarding your own stuff. Because with that, like, you have the tools to come up with anything, and then like, you show it to people like, this is a three-hour epic. We can never, you can never finish this in like your senior semester. So I was like. Uh, okay, so like I I, uh, I teamed up with Tovo, uh-huh. who's oh Tovo is he's like the funniest like crazy. He's from a island called Madagascar. Everyone oh, yeah. knows Madagascar. Yeah, yeah. He was crazy. Uh, he just is like a savant when it comes to Maya. 
he he was ahead of the like, yeah. he was ahead of like he well like how many of us in the animation program were like you can have our pencils when you pry them from yeah, our cold dead, dead hands, hands. Like, yeah we seriously fought that like, uh, so hard but yeah you're right he was yeah. one of the few people who was just like 3D okay but he even himself he was a phenomenal artist yeah. he would do these watercolors and were beautiful and he did like the original designs for all the characters and they, he was just wonderful but he also had that just crazy like savant brain where he's like I'm gonna render out all these like wonderful beautiful like uh, maquettes like digital maquettes that would just spin and they're yeah. perfectly lit and then like halfway through the production of our, our film because we both co-directed it he like rigged these feathers for our bird character and they, they would actually have these crazy movements and people were like because if you look some of these students film they're just like plastic whatevers yeah. but he was like no I'm gonna have leaf follicles I'm gonna have like feathers I'm gonna have like like uh, blend shapes like no one had blend shapes like but he had it like you just press his button and like the jowls on this big humongous beast would just go but like I, I'm making a, a facial gesture going with yeah, my yeah, teeth like, yeah, yeah, imagine we need to get a photo of that <laughs> <laughs> give me blend no, shapes no 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 no, no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I I really like that because like, I think that was my earliest exposure to like an actual production pipeline because sure. we like we put together spreadsheets and all this stuff, and especially working in video games, it's so technical. Like you have to like work with like an FTP. You have to work with like just making sure you don't overwrite certain things in like the collected server for your stuff. Otherwise, it'll break something else. So it was great doing that. And then, uh, yeah, so we finished that up and graduated. I think we both graduated at the same time. 2009? Uh, it was eight. Okay. So maybe I, I know I stayed on an extra yeah. semester because I was taking electives, yeah. and I graduated December 2009. Yeah. 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 Because it was um, halfway through that I got a job at Big Bad Tomato yes. doing vector graphic illustrations yeah, for uh, Seussville Interactive. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you you might know the person who got me a job, Ken Acker. Uh, he worked on the South Park game for like oh, was a nanosecond. He, that was, yeah. Was he... Uh, he was at, at EA. Oh, I he think. was at Well, no, was he at South Park Digital or at Obsidian? Uh, South Park Digital. Okay, yeah, yeah. They 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 were working close with us. They were, yeah. It was like two teams working on the same game. Yeah. One person, one team was doing a lot of stuff. Another person, team was doing a lot more yeah. complicated stuff. So, but the yeah. thing that I marvel—I mean, I played all of the South Park games, yeah. starting with Chef's Love Shack, and maybe, <laughs> maybe even the one before yeah. that. Um, I think there was one just called South Park, and I played that on the uh, N64, I think. And uh, the one thing I really marveled about Stick of Truth, and now isn't there another one coming out soon? Another yeah, I for- it has a really nebulous title. Yeah, yeah. I forget it's what it's a dick joke. A, a title. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, yeah, yeah. Some, the some, hard something or the like, hard something yeah, shatter. Like uh, nut, nut. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, something about a ball busting a ball. Or something. <laughs> anyway, but the. The thing that I marveled about Stick of Truth was how much it looked like you were in the show. It looked exactly like what the show has been for the last five or six seasons. The same graphics, the same lighting, the same shadowing, the same everything. It looked like you were playing and the show. And it's funny, like, you bring up, you, we've been, this, you've been <laughs> talking about all this technical stuff. The reason Obsidian got that contract was because a UI artist who worked within the company uh, put together this 
proof of concept uh, with Cartman in a living room of, uh, I guess, Stan's house. And, like, I think maybe his dad was somewhere in the background <laughs> in underwear playing Guitar Hero or something right. like that. But it was, like, the only proof of concept, I, I believe, that they got that looked exactly like the show. They got the, the textures down. They got yeah. everything down. Like, yeah, the uh, textures, it looks like, still uh, looks like hardware or construction yeah, yeah, yeah. paper cutouts. It yeah, still yeah, because has that texturing on it. And it was done in Flash. Right. Because, uh, I, I'm not sure how many people know this, but South Park, the show, is actually Maya, do, is right? Maya. Like, yeah. way back in the day, they actually did it with construction paper cut right. and the then, first, yeah the pilot yeah, and the first one after that yeah. the and then paper. they switched to another program that was I, I don't know the name of it but like afterwards it was just Maya so all that stuff are actually rigs that are on like a timeline and stuff and the blend shapes I think are just how they use it. but anyways ours was done in flash because uh, the way to get it's it's such a weird like thing and again I'm jumping so far ahead but like the way to get the only way to get it to look exactly like the show to get the textures and to get everything like actually like moving like it's supposed to and again going back to UI he created an engine that was inside the UI system of a given system like Xbox has a UI uh, uh, PS3 has a because this was all previous gen, but, like, he created within the UI. So the, he basically took an engine and put it on its side and created, like, this entire realm where you had a dot that was just moving on, and he optimized it so well, because uh, going back to vector points, like, mm-hmm. when it's rendered in a system, it creates polygons, where right. one vector is, is pointing to another vector, and it creates these crazy triangles. And if there's too many triangles... That game will crash. Mm-hmm. That and that was pretty much most of like the probably half of half of the project was spent just optimizing <laughs> these characters. And then so later on, la- yeah. So when it, later on, they're like, "Oh, why don't you just do it in Maya? You could have like got it so much." Should have, could have, would have. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we basically would get these characters from them, and we'd just be tracing them and like uh, just optimizing them like no tomorrow. Just. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was how it looked. Spot on, spot on. We had libraries and libraries and libraries of decades of assets that they had created, and we pretty much couldn't use any of it. Like we could only use it as reference. We could use it as reference, but mostly it was it was just like tracing this stuff and optimizing it like no tomorrow. Because if you just put in like the Tower of Peace as is, the entire game would go. Yeah. I'm, I'm making a gesture yeah, of an yeah. atomic bomb. Yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll take a picture of it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah, jumping back, back, back. Uh, yeah. So after college, um, gosh, like probably only a couple months after college, I immediately started working in North Hollywood. So this is mm-hmm. like uh, like coming coming back to my first job. <laughs> like, it was like right off of uh, oh gosh. Where's Don't you Tom- dare tell people where I live. No, 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 Tommy, where, no, 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 Tommy, no, no, I can't remember where it is, where that, where that, whatever, but like, yeah. It's in North Hollywood. Yeah, 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 so my first job was from, for a small little, like, production company, like, a small little, like, startup production company called Delfino. That sounds familiar. 
Uh, well, it, I, I don't even know what became of it, because, like, later on it split, and then it became something named something else. But, like, my, my cousin was the technical director, art director, something yeah. there. So he, he kept... He, while I was still in school, he was always bugging me every week. He's like, hey, can you do stuff for us? Hey, can you do stuff for us? And finally, I graduated. It's like, you gotta do stuff for us. You gotta do stuff for us. And, you know, I I guess I was realistic. Like, I, I everyone who we went to college with had these starry-eyed ambitions. Oh, I'm gonna be working at Disney or Pixar. Dude, it's like that Dan Class yeah. comic. Like, yeah. only one of you in this class will make it. And we're all like, I'm gonna be that one. No. So I was realistic. Where it's like, I'm gonna be paying my dues. So, like, I worked for them um, on... And it was good, because that was, like, a really good educational experience. Like, just working on the... I won't say the bottom, but, like, working in Hollywood, dealing with, like, the complicated egos and people are coming in and uh when i was brought in because i was brought in as a storyboard artist quote unquote but really i was doing flash work like the flash is going to be a continuing theme like a flash 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 like vectors vectors vectors, polygons uh but yeah like i i would do some storyboarding work uh they were developing this one animated comedy with george lopez it didn't go anywhere. They're real bread and butter. I know. <laughs> and neither did he. No. Uh, it's really crazy uh, being Mexican. I kind of like George Lopez because when he talks about his mom, it reminds yeah. me of my grandma. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, know, there's certain aspects Honduras that are good. Stuff. Like, she is. But yeah. he really <laughs> repeats himself and really kind of stays within a little teeny tiny box. Yeah, a lot. sure. And yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, this could be a big social thing. I think people, especially in America, like, they shouldn't forget their heritage, but I think, like, we're creating new cultures, especially, like, earlier we were talking about yeah. the millennial angst and stuff yeah. like oh, that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. like, we're creating these new, like, things that, like, are so removed. So if you're just, like, your one thing is just, like... God, let me tell you about Tito's Tacos. And like, it's Don't like, you dare talk to me about Tito's No, that's one of the sad things about being vegan. There are two things I miss. I miss fucking Tito's Tacos, and I miss In-N-Out, because I'm a native Californian. I thought Tito's had, like, potato tacos that are really good. They had, this like, is the one in Culver City, like, yeah. off of Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They don't, they don't oh, they have don't. anything they don't. Uh, it's not, They had, they had a vegetarian tostada, but, like, uh, you know, like, just like, their beans are covered in lard and stuff. Uh, yeah, so we do, uh, we, yeah, we do, um, uh, sweet potato tacos at home. Oh, that sounds great. That's really good. Great. And you leave off the sour cream and it's vegan. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about vegan food first. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, our, the main bread and butter for the company was this web educational thing in conjunction with then Gallopin' Ford. Oh yeah. my god, I remember yeah. that. Then Gallopin' Ford, I don't know who they got their funny from afterwards, and Dare, uh, called Lucky Cat, I, now it's called Lucky Cat World, but then it was called Lucky Cat TV, uh, where it was, all of, it was all about like educating the youth with the... I think it's Six Sigma educational. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so weird. Super corporate. Crap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it was based on like this book that this weird guy wrote, and he would occasionally come in and collect his royalty checks and leave. He didn't even care at all like how his yeah. stuff was being instrumented. Yeah. And it was like, I felt like it was just so like pandering to like 
like parents who aren't concerned about their children's education, right? Like, right. like at at all, like. Like I mean, there there's a lot of good stuff. Like it, I, I'm not gonna crap talk it at, at all. But like, the, it just seemed like it's not enough just to use this. Like I, you you learn stuff and you learn like basic stuff. Like don't bully, don't do drugs, stuff like that. And like, I, wait, I wait, 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 six sigma. Don't bully. Don't. Um, yeah. I know. Um, I know. Well, that was the dare part because it was in conjunction okay. with them. They but. did a lot of Six Sigma stuff on, on the last couple seasons at 30 Rock. They oh, actually really? were. There was a whole episode oh where Jack God. goes to a, a Six Sigma conference or meeting oh, and no. he takes Lemon along as his date or his companion for the retreat weekend or something like that. And, and of course, it's all crazy, you know, so, and it all goes horribly wrong. I've but. never heard of of this Six Sigma stuff. I have no clue what you guys are talking about. It's major, like, like, corporate, like, upper tier executive corporate um, philosophy. Like, corporate business philosophy. So teaching you how to be a sociopath. Pretty much. much. Yeah, I would think that. Like, uh... I mean, it incorporates elements of art of war and, you you know, the business... Incorporation of art of wars, you know, Sun, what is it, Sun Tzu or whatever, it is. Yeah. and it's just and yeah, it's just gross. It's really yeah. gross one percenter type stuff. So take that and market it to children. Yeah. <laughs> that's essentially exactly. what we were doing. But you know, I would always say because it was a weird company, like. I think we were just a front for like the Mexican mafia, because like, wow. like I, I, I think because like yeah, yeah, because yeah. like they had like another division like because later on like I said it split down the middle like I think the Delfino side went somewhere else because they also had like a a clothing line as well. Uh, and, yeah, I said it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are two guys. There's this one like. His name was Don something or another. I, I can't recall his name, and I probably shouldn't. But, like, he was just this hot-blooded Italian, and he'd just yell at the top of his lungs and just scream so much about all these various things. Every time his brother, who I guess was the co-owner of the company, would come in, it would just be their door closed, and you just, just like, yelling. You're trying to cheat me out of... Uh, but, like... I think I I always say this. I think we're a front company because I think they were funneling stuff something in from Mexico. Like I, because we'd get paid every month. Like the, this guy would come in with just a briefcase full of cash, and like he just deposit it to the guy, and then like most of the time we'd get a cashier's check, but sometimes they would pay us with actual cash. Wow. And, and like, I'm like, there's some shady stuff going on wow. here. So wow. I would, yeah, that was my job. I mean, how much cocaine was in the building? Like- you know what? I can only say I partook. No. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it wasn't just, it was run out of like a condo, like right, like in, in uh, North Hollywood. It was just like a condo. Like the, it was like a bunch Probably of... Probably good you didn't remember the location. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to wind up I don't want to wind up without my thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember anything. I don't even know where I am. (laughs) How did I get here? Why am I? Will you buy me something? Uh, (laughs) No, no, no. So, but yeah, it was just out of the condo. It was like you know they they're zoned for 
living, and I gotta imagine like it was one of these agreements where you could also be zoned for oh, like biz. a live work space. Yeah, live yeah. work space. If like you cut off your work at a specific hour of the day, mm-hmm. um, I understand that there's like porn editing that's done that. Way. Like, there's like some, somebody's house or condo, yeah. and there's a room with a bunch yeah. of computer tables, yeah. and you just sit there and and you, you get a Mac and you just sit there and edit porn all yeah. day, so, all day, all day. You know Ellie Lustig, yes. yeah. Um, her friends Sam and Mika were living in a lesbian porn house like that. <laughs> like they were just roommates, and their other roommates were these lesbian porn stars, and they lived in a porn house. Oh my god! Oh, like that is one of those only in LA things. Huh. I fucking love it. <laughs> uh, only huh. LA. But yeah, so it was zoned for that. So like l- literally, like all the technical artists were like in. I would say the living, or not not even the dining room. We were all just, like, they had Cintiqs and all these computers set up. So now we're getting into Silicon Valley, yeah, where everybody's yeah, got tables set yeah, up in the, in the yeah, dining room. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they, we were all set up in there. There was some more rows of computers in the living room, a couch where we'd, like, all gather and have, like, production meetings. And then the two master bedrooms were basically where the two offices were. Uh, and, yeah, so I was there for... A while, a while. Uh, later on, I'd get a friend of mine a, a job there. Who, she was there for a, a long while. She just <laughs> she just left and, and went to another <laughs> company. But, like, yeah. Um, and I was there for a, a long while, and it was really good because, like, I think, like, I had, like, the best experience you could have in, like, Hollywood where it's, like, everyone will have those bad experiences with... Uh, with uh, dealing with people who burn you and stuff, and more, yeah. and no, and you know what? I it was really, it wasn't really that bad because like I I was always paid on time. Well, occasionally I wasn't paid on time. I think eventually like the money flow got there was like a bubble in the money flow, and they told us like, oh, we're not gonna be able to pay you for like seven weeks, and I'm like, that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> well. Oh, I can't tell you. Uh, people in LA have been sitting, you know, have sat around yeah. for months waiting for paychecks and kind of stuff. And oh yeah, yeah. Well, we weren't in technically employees. We were all contractors who just happened to work oh. in the building at the same. I mean, there's so many places that do that. Yeah, so. I've I've dealt with that before, and I've actually had to take a couple of former employers to court because I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not a freelancer. You're treating me like yeah. an employee. Yeah, um, definitely. The fun thing about that, though, when you take them to court for that is they'll immediately ping the IRS because like you know they're not paying payroll taxes and stuff so they'll get audited oh, so it's that's like so good yeah, oh, yeah you get them two different ways oh, I'm gonna be, yeah. I'm gonna remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah so I was there for a while I think yeah eventually there was a bubble in their in their pay so I I, I left I, I think I came back and I did I, I I came back as an actual contractor where I, I worked from home and did some work for them for one of their, or two of their dare skits, actually. So, uh, and then, you know, I, I I was bouncing around L.A. for a while. Um, worked for, like, one or two other weird production companies. Um, and then eventually I ended up back in Orange County of... Uh, I forget what it was. I, I think I was doing like design or or drawing work for like a golf company or something, just to pay mm-hmm. the bills. 
Uh, and then I ended up... Were you uh, working the swing shift? Yeah. Oh, don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was weird, but... I'm a man, dad, I'm allowed. I was gonna say... Yeah. Dad, I'm a dad, I'm that's allowed. Joke yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I got the job at Obsidian. I got to know the hiring manager. He's a really nice guy. Um, Are you still working at Obsidian no, now? No, I, I left about two years ago. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I got the job at Obsidian, and it was funny, because, like, the guy is, like, he, he basically, because Obsidian's an RPG company, they do, like, Kodar, Fall sure. of New Vegas, all these big, humongous stuff, and, like, one day he, he saw me, and he knew the kind of stuff I did, uh, and he's like, oh, hey, do you guys do 2D flash work? And we're like, I guess, what do you need us for? You're Obsidian, like, you do these temple video games, it's like, uh, I'll email you. So, you know, I got the test, and, like, I was just sitting around, I opened the PDF, and it was a test with Cartman and, like, a generic uh, uh, South Park, because all the generic South Park characters, South Park children are just, they work off the same rig. Right. So I, I was like, what is this? Is this some, like, Facebook game? Are they really, have they hit hard times where they're now, like, <laughs> doing, like, Facebook game stuff? So I, I did the test, and I was like, okay. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I, I got hired, and I went in, and I saw the actual, like, thing. Like, no, this wasn't just some, like, little Facebook. This was, like, a triple A, triple, like, like whatever, like, triple, well, <laughs> the budget was tripled before by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Well, then there was a bunch of legal wrangles oh, and a bunch of stuff I, that didn't get yeah, finished, and it got uh, moved over into a different studio, and it yeah. was like, worried for a while it wouldn't even come out. Um, that's such an obsidian thing too because with um uh kotor the sith lords like yeah. there was so much that they wanted to put in but like lucasfilm made them rush it to yeah get yeah they, that, that's legend yeah. <laughs> in, in the halls of obsidian and fallout new vegas didn't quite feel finished i mean it was pretty much felt exactly like fallout 3 but smaller and uh, I, th- I think people would argue um, i'm not gonna be like the the defender of Fallout New Vegas, but I think most people, the consensus is Fallout New Vegas is way better than Fallout 3 because it just, it improves certain systems, and I know the guy, he works at actually Bethesda now, but he improves so much stuff in there. The, just like the companion system, and like, they had such a limited budget yeah. Uh, and limited scope to work with, and they just like stretched well, that like no the, the tomorrow. The thing that I liked it better, I just finished doing basically almost like 100% of Fallout 3 all uh-huh. over again. Um, I mean, it's kind of impossible to do that with a Bethesda, <laughs> with a Bethesda game, but I, I, I got to the point where there really was basically nothing left to shoot but the, the occasional, uh, yeah. uh, you know, mutant, super mutant. But I, I, I got to, and I played Fallout, Fallout New Vegas, and I just, I guess maybe I like the whole DC area topography better than the desert thing yeah, and, and, and stuff, and it, to me... New Vegas just felt like more of the same. It didn't seem it, it, the the nuance the the improvements were very subtle. So it, it didn't seem enough of a difference to really. You know, it felt it, more like an expansion pack. Or yeah, something it, maybe some game. people might see it as the in between game, but like to me, I feel like the the way it worked was it was the in between game that improved upon so much stuff. Okay. Like. And, like, one thing that's different more from, like, I would say, like, Fallout 3 is, like, Fallout 3, it's, like, you kind of have, like, two paths. Like, you, you're either dark side, light side. Right, right. I mean, like, the Enclave and the Brotherhood of Steel, they're essentially Jedi Sith. 
right? right. Yeah, yeah, there's two ways you could go. New Vegas, it was way more broken. Like, the, 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 the choices you can make are, like, would influence other choices and other choices. Right, right. And it, you can really create your, your own, like, kind of experience there. Right. Um, but, but I, I was brought on right as that was closing, that, uh, New Vegas was ramping down and they were ramping South Park up. And, and yeah, and the major thing that I just did not expect was the involvement of Trey Parker. Cause right. he, oh, he, yeah. oh, yeah. he was so, you know, like, and, and he even talks about it a lot, where he, you know, these people who create these licenses will just like sign something and like before you and never like never think about never it have any oversight. Like, Trey yeah. Parker was involved from the very he was beginning like, to the end, to the yeah. beginning to the end. Sometimes to a fault, but I think, and I think that's what made it a good. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's what made it feel well, so. I remember talking to Ken, and what he kept telling me was every time something would come to Trey, he would be like, no, make it dumber. These are little yeah. kids playing with, like, sticks and pots. Yeah. Make it dumber, make yeah, it dumber, yeah, make yeah, it dumber. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. it's when you not make it dumber for the audience because no. he had so much respect he's like in these characters these characters no, yeah like design wise like yeah. he's like these are little kids like yeah. instead playing with like make it, yeah. on fancy. Their heads. Make it yeah. more DIY yeah. make it more makeshift yeah. make more weapons yeah, these... that are that are you know a, a, a straw yeah. uh, duct tape to a, a stapler yeah, exactly. or whatever and that know. was exactly yeah. it like the early concepts for Cartman's Backyard were these grandiose things and then he would basically be shooting back like no worse crappier crappier <laughs> crappier this is terrible <laughs> These are kids living yeah. in lower middle class yeah. kids living in yeah. Colorado in a, in a mountain town. Down, yeah. They're not gonna have they're not all they're not all token. They're, yeah. they're, not, <laughs> they're not all the rich kids, yeah. you know. Yeah. Which I think it's great that the one rich family in town is yeah. black and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like that was the gauntlet. That yeah. that thing was the gauntlet. Right. Gauntlet. Um, (laughs) Um, like one thing that I love like the ninja weapons episode is one of my favorite like when they're playing with um, um, Butters like you know deflects something and he's like oh it's cause my weapon is made out of a titanium alloy and like how many times did you have some kid on the block who would say something dumb like that it just feels authentic you know yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) oh and and I grew up in Colorado and I went to Mile High Flea Market and I bought weapons from guys from old world war (laughs) You know, World War or Vietnam vets who would sell me ninja stars at age twelve. I mean, I I did that. <laughs> so I that's did a legit that. Thing. That's a legit thing. That would never happen in California. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, we're good. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I did that. So the, that episode, there's so much about Colorado or about South Park that that because of of. Uh, where it's set and and the types of things that certain things are universal. But growing up as a kid in Colorado, growing up in a, as a kid in, a, in what most people consider a flyover state, um, <laughs> growing up in that place, that unique place, it, you know, where you're in the mountains and it snows and it blizzards and it and it and and you got all you're surrounded by right wing oh yeah yeah door, you know dummies <laughs> and 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 just growing up in that and people who are so willing to be outraged at the dumbest things. And, and, and there's so much about South Park that always spoke to me as somebody who grew up in Colorado. Yeah. And you know, there's certain landmarks that like, 
say something about like La Casa Bonita and yeah. it's like to people out here it's like that's nothing we don't even know what yeah. that is or or he'll reference other towns well, and like, stuff. I yeah. thought Casa Bonita like for that episode was a made up thing until I talked nope. yeah, to somebody no. from Colorado <laughs> I think like, it was exists. me who's, who said uh, on Facebook like no that's a real place uh, <laughs> they have Black Bart's Cave they have cliff divers oh, in gosh. the restaurant they have sopapillas in a place where you can go get crawling through a cave and get oh, treasure they have that that's a real place was that, was that on Facebook or was that out at like Mel? I think it, I thought it was a little bit of both, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, that's a real place, and yeah. and it and the food is the shittiest, shittiest uh. food I've ever had. <laughs> and if you've ever had, okay, 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 imagine this: Mexican food. Think Mexico. Think 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 authentic. Think real. Think white white tablecloth, and then you know, using a dustbuster to vacuum up the crumbs. <laughs> oh, no. Think real. That's my you grandma. Know, yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> think about that. Okay. Now think. American style Mexican Mexican restaurants still yeah. still yeah. independently owned more American you know blah 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 now think like Taco Bell or Del Taco that corporate white dumbed down blah blah no. blah now think elementary school cafeteria Mexican food Casa Bonita's below that <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's funny. Like a, a, a like it's, probably a it's, year ago, it's, and I sorry, no, no, it's okay. diarrhea on a plane. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I, I should probably talk to because my friends a year ago they went on a skiing trip to. Uh, it was like, com- it wasn't a company function, but it was like a bunch of company friends. They went to, to Colorado to go skiing. On one other thing, it's like, oh, we gotta go to Costa Bonita. <laughs> we gotta go to Costa Bonita. And I, I don't know. I haven't talked to them if they got food poisoning afterwards or something. I, I'm gonna go ahead and assume they immediately regretted. D- they that died. They, they, <laughs> I, I haven't heard from them in a year because they they died a horrible yeah, death. Yeah. Just uh, uh, so yeah, yeah. That that thing and was that organ trailed. Oh god. Um, that but, yeah. Oh, yeah after. Well, the one thing that that was weird was growing up in Colorado and going to Costa Bonita. My parents were like, why would you want to go there? It's like, oh, that'd be great. You know, when you're a little kid, it's amazing. But then when you get to adult, like, oh god, I got to take my kid there. <laughs> but like sports teams would, you know, like high school sports teams would go on field trips to there. It was like, like especially in the outlying areas of Colorado, they were going to Denver to play a sports game. We're going to Casa Bonita first. You know, it's, this it's, makes me really, really grateful that I grew up in Southern California. <laughs> but there's a thing that they have there. It's a dessert thing, and and I and I understand now. And I came to LA wanting it, wanting to have that again out here, and nobody had ever fucking heard of it and apparently it's not even a Mexico thing apparently it's like it's either like a Honduran thing or a Guatemalan thing it's a thing that's like almost like a middle American one you country Central so, America sopapillas yeah. so it's basically like a pillow of, of fried dough that's hollow inside and you bite one corner off and you fill it with honey and you eat it and it's called a sopapilla and oh. no one had ever heard of that and I kept like oh my god we have them all the time they were at a Mexican restaurant in Colorado and then I come to find out that there are some it's what one country a, a, a little tiny you know one little desert of one little region of this one little country in either yeah. Central America or somewhere I was gonna say, I've never had them in yeah. you know yeah. Central America and my grandma's from Honduras so she never uh, I don't them, I, so. and I forgive me I don't know all the different countries and cultures but yeah. but it's one of those it's, cool. it's yeah it's not a, a quote unquote Mexican dish it's um, not I know it's not Argentinian because my uncle's never given those to us, and it's not Peruvian because I never saw them when I was down there. Hmm. But luckily, we have the tiny interwebs. <laughs> So, uh, so, so I'll just continue blathering on while we, while we figure Dude, out. we so, have uh, your ass until 4 o'clock. Like, keep talking. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that project was kind of a gauntlet because... Uh, 
because uh, I think it's it's public knowledge now. Like uh, there was some production issues um, with the publisher. Sure, it was originally THQ. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but TH- THQ um, went through some financial hardships uh, halfway through it. Like they made some poor investments. They 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 thought so- they they projected certain games that. Um, we're gonna like solve a lot of their debt issues. Didn't make that, and like they they were basically hoping like uh, South Park was gonna be like that golden like sheep that just like saved saved, the like, yeah, yeah the, the golden fleece that that saves their company. But it you know it continually got delayed. It was supposed to come out March of two thousand twelve. I'm gonna maybe twelve or thirteen, wow. and you know I think it came out like. Uh, March of 2014 or something and like they that. they advertised the yeah. crap out of that. They got, yeah, every they got, show, every every break on Comedy yeah, Central for like a year, yeah. there were two commercials for Stick of Truth in every and commercial And it's break so funny because I, I gave up on, on TV, so I, I haven't yeah. been watching TV in so long, so like everyone kept saying like it marked the hell out of it, and I hadn't seen it. I, right. I, I didn't realize it was like a, a big TV like push mm-hmm. for it. I, I did see the VGA thing where it was like, oh my god, like, they got Cartman to open the entire thing and, yeah, like, insult yeah. Sa- uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. And I was like, dear god. Well, it, I did like um, the Game of Thrones episode, which oh, was, yeah. like, the one that came out right sure. before, yeah, the before, before the game. Before the But, you know, yeah. that was all accidental because every single time, like, uh, when, when the game started, they were... We had to like basically wait for Trey marching orders, and right. Trey's marching orders would sometimes get delayed because he was working on the Book of Mormon. Yeah, it, it, it began with the Book of Mormon and basically ended with the Game of Thrones episode. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones was nothing; it wasn't a blip on his radar at all. And like as the culture just evolved, mm-hmm. we started moving more things into it. Like Game yeah. of Thrones became popular, so guess what? He has a Game of Thrones like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he makes references to ravens, all this stuff. So it just kept evolving and evolving. And he's kind of like, I won't say he's a flavor of the month kind of guy, but he is someone who he's very current. So when something current would happen, he'd want to change the direction of the game, like to kind of accommodate that. So there, there was a lot of stuff like that, that we put in and then ripped out because it wasn't relevant anymore. A lot of references to God. So, like, Game of Thrones tangent for a second. I can't be the only book nerd out there who's disappointed that the ravens on the show don't talk. Because in the book, they use them all the time to say creepy shit. Oh my gosh, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Commander Mormont, he has the raven that basically is just sitting there and screaming corn all the time. He's like, corn, corn. Well, there's also, like, one that they encounter that keeps saying, like, death or something. (sighs) Like, there's that one creepy raven who's that, that's all I know how to say. It's like yeah. death or like die or something like yeah. that. And it's like ominous raven is ominous. I, I think there's certain <laughs> things that like they just thought was too ridiculous for the show. Like talking ravens, they're just like, uh, we have white walkers and like it's like <laughs> and giant wolves and, and giant magic wo- and dragons. I know, like you couldn't have a <laughs> But talking. ravens, that's over the line. I know. Yeah, I mean look how like the relevancy and the appearance of like his dire wolf has just like yeah. gone to like a cameo a season. It's yeah. like where was that dire wolf when you got... Oh, Game of Thrones spoiler. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, where was your dire wolf when that, that scene happened at the yeah. end of the current season? You can, you can talk No, really no, 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 that's all right. I, I don't want to be that person. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, 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 it's just... 
I, yeah. Game of right, Thrones. Here it is. Sopapilla. <laughs> Let's go. Is a kind of fried pastry and type of quick bread served in several regions with Spanish heritage in the Americas. So apparently, okay. it's a it's a it's a multi regional thing. Oh so, Wait, some, those... some countries they're flat. Yeah, I've I've seen yeah. those, but so they were called talking about Argentina. Yeah. And Chile uh-huh. and Peru yeah. and uh, United States and oh wait, 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 it's it's a savory dish in the United it States. It can be or uh, but, or sweet, sweet yeah. or savory. Uh, no, they, I've I've seen those, but they weren't called sopapillas. Right. Well, yeah. There's <laughs> a different spellings and stuff. And yeah, uh, a torta frita is in Argentina and Uruguay. Uh, yeah. uh, Chile, yeah. it's a sopapilla in Chile. Um, in Peru, it's called a chachanga, a cachanga. Um, so yeah, it's but they're all various variations of the yeah, same thing. That first image made it look kind of like a beignet. Yeah, yeah. kind of, but it's hollow inside. It's completely uh, hollow. Speaking of New Orleans, oh my beignets. gosh, <laughs> like yeah. that's that's the reason to endure Disneyland in ninety nine degree weather yeah. and paying a hundred dollars for an eight year old uh, to get in. Well, dude, yeah. like beignets are like the one dessert that does not work when you're goth. Because like when I went to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no no no! You should just like throw like just a bunch of powder on you, and then you just have spots all over you. I'm like, I'm owning this. Yeah. Well, one thing that was great, like there's a birthday tradition in New Orleans, and this sounds so weird. It sounded so weird when um, the people that we were staying with explained it to me. You safety pin a dollar to like your shirt. And then people are like, oh, is it your birthday? And they'll just start safety pinning more money to you. And, you know, like, when I was there, it was not just, like, safety pinning money. It was also buying me drinks and, like, giving me candy and stuff. Like, it was amazing. I'm going to go there. Welcome to the charmed life of Kitty Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Today we will be lavishing her with gifts, giving her a back rub, and tickling her toes. (laughs) Uh, but like it's this is like twenty. No one has cash anymore. What are they gonna like swipe like a debit card? I'm just gonna. Can pin, I get no. stamps? Yeah, I'm no, just like, gonna pin that debit card. At the end of the night, at my birthday, I ended up like up something like seventy bucks. Like it what? was crazy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, New Orleans is the place to go for Let, your birthday let's, let's and stay it. with locals. Absolutely, stay with locals. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, we'll be redying her hair, cu- cuddling her, and making her soup, and t- telling her how powerful and strong she looks. <laughs> uh, I wish I had a staff to do that. That sounds oh, amazing. Man. You do. They're called your friends. Oh, <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah. so after Obsidian. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, there's a little left. Uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So dealing with that, it was funny because Trey, as you know, he's he's used to dealing with creating a show in six days. And, like... <laughs> The, this game nearly took six years. <laughs> I, uh, I actually hung out one New Year's Eve. Um, the Ruby had a New Year's Eve night. Was this a Mike and Bruce gig? or Maybe. Okay. This was 10, 12 years ago. So this was even before Perv. Oh my god. Well, it's before Perv was there. Yeah. Perv was around. It just wasn't there. Right. This was some... New Year's Eve gig. I don't remember you what night. You mentioned the it. Ruby, and I just think the right, version. right. It yeah. was the Ruby, and it was <laughs> but actually it was might have been. It <laughs> might have been my face. I'm like, oh, what? Might have been back when it was still called the World. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, before it's met, a venue or oh, something. That's okay. a venue in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, on Hollywood in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a New Year's Eve. I think Christian was DJing the patio, mm-hmm. and it was like really long time ago, and. 
Trey Parker was there hanging out at the bar, <laughs> and he actually drew a couple things on some napkins for me okay. that I still have, and, and awesome, was, was, was he was super super nice because I had a pen in my pocket and he was trying to give get some girl's phone number or give some girl his <laughs> phone number before he was married anyway and just geared, you know and so I gave him a pen and he did and then so he drew some oh, I good. said can I get an autograph he's like yeah sure yeah. and he grabbed a couple napkin a handful of napkins and made drew me a Kenny and drew me a Cartman and said Happy New Year and I still have those in a scrapbook yeah. at home. It it's was really nice. How many random famous people just pop in and out of the goth scene? And like mm-hmm. the thing about us is like we usually don't care. Like, right. were you there for that one time? Fucking Trent Reznor showed up at Bunker and just no. sat on the couch all night with his security and was no. like cranky and a sad sack. No, no, no. yeah, yeah. Oh. He just literally he sat on the nasty ass couch that like. Everybody has had sex on it. He just sat there <laughs> with his two security guards. Didn't dance. Didn't talk to anyone. Just sat there and was like, Meh, like I'm cranky because I'm Trent Reznor. Like oh, the whole no. time, it was so. Well, Kevin weird. Kevin Key used to come to um, used to come to uh, a fan club all the time, and mm-hmm. he was there every week and did not want to talk about music. Yeah, he you know he just wanted to go and be a goth kid. He just yeah. wanted to go and be. I mean, he was. Older than all of us, but he wanted to just go and, and hang out and dance the and drink. Of the and, elder guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was nice as yeah. long as you didn't bring up the band. As yeah. long as you didn't try to talk fan out on him, uh, you were fine. Um, he was like, hey, Captain, how's it going? And then, you know, you have, that's it. Yeah. Um, I have a Marilyn Manson story. Oh. oh. 1994. This is before Antichrist Superstar, before Marilyn Manson blew up. This is before MTV would even play their videos. They refused because, you know, parents, groups, and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) We were playing Marilyn Manson on Teletoons, which is the music video show that I was working on in Denver. We were playing them on there a long time before they picked them up on MTV. It was 1994. There was the uh, Nine Inch Nails Marilyn Manson uh, Jim Rose Circus Sideshow Tour. And they came through to Denver, and they played the concert on a Thursday night. But the state of Utah had put down an edict (laughs) banning the band Marilyn Manson from even entering the state. Wow. The next... uh, I have some new goals. The next (laughs) spot on the tour was Salt Lake City. So, therefore, Trent, everybody else, got on the bus and went on to SLC... Uh, Marilyn Manson, Twiggy, uh, Ginger Fish, a couple other guys hung out in Denver for a few days, and they were going to fly up to Seattle, which was the next leg of the tour. Um, apparently they weren't doing Los Angeles or whatever. So that was the story. So we went to the Mar- we went to Nine Snails Marilyn Manson concert on Thursday night. I was there front row of the McNichol Stadium, cracked a rib, caught Trent's guitar, the whole thing. I still have the neck of Trent's, Trent's smash guitar at home oh, in, my, awesome. in my memorabilia box. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. Um, but then we're all at our local goth watering hole on Sunday night, dancing and stuff, and I'm sitting down, and this place is built in what used to be a crematorium. Nice. <laughs> This is goth as fuck. Goth as fuck. It was an underground club, literally underground. You had to go down like corrugated metal stairs to get underneath <laughs> no. it. It was called the rec room. It was under. <laughs> uh, it was under another club. So we were there. We're hanging out, and around they they built um, these uh, plat these uh, benches out from the wall, out of brick and cement on the top, so you could sit on the wall all the way around the entire club. So the entire club, you had some place to sit. If you went to the wall, you could sit down. Yeah. 
So we're sitting there over by the main bar, which is right by the entrance door from the stairs, and we're standing there, or we're sitting there, and I'm with my the, the wife at the time, and we're looking, and I look over, and I go, <laughs> somebody's trying to look like Marilyn Manson. In comes a guy with no makeup on. He's got long, stringy black hair. He's wearing a leather jacket and a pair of jeans and boots. Just looks like a normal goth dude, whatever. Maybe out on some black lipstick or whatever. And I did a double take, and I go, holy shit, that's Marilyn fucking Manson. <laughs> so he goes up to the bar, and in comes Twiggy Ramirez, and in comes uh, Ginger Fish, and they go to the bar and order drinks, and they're just hanging out. Yeah. And a couple of girls, and you know, you can see off in the side of your vision, a couple of girls are like, <gasps> and they're like, oh my god. You can't hear them, but you can see them freaking out. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, cool. So I'm like, alright. So I got up, walked to the bar. Hey, Sheila. We get a, whatever. Hey, Brian. And then he looks over. He goes, and I go, welcome to Denver. Great show the other night. It's like, cool. Wound up hanging out, playing pool, shooting the shit, talking about fucking fangirls and <laughs> rock and roll all night. Hung out just like one of us. And it was just one of the coolest nights. Okay. And I got a napkin with Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, it's always right. a napkin. Twiggy, Mand- yeah. Twiggy Ramirez, Gingerfish. Got it at home in the scrapbook. And that was just really and this was before most people in America didn't know who he was. Yeah. yeah. So I'm totally like a Marilyn Manson oh, hipster. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> push um, your glasses up a little bit. Yeah, push your glasses push up your a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And then take them out and stab myself in the oh. <laughs> carve my initials in my chest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. You, I've been inviting you to come with me to one of the I know, clubs I just, for like forever I've, and I've, a day. I've but been, now that I'm doing it on the podcast, that makes it doubly as pressure. I know. I'm going to go. So. I'm, I'm, apparently I'm going to be a, go to pervert, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. definitely. I, I need adventure in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Just like, wear black, you'll be fine. Uh, I'm already wearing Actually, black. Actually, what you're wearing is no, perfectly no, so no, no. The, the pants could be yeah, a little darker, but I need way Charcoal's actually, actually like in season I got my, right now. I just wore these uh, to the club the other night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's time. Well, oh. no, like, we've both said this on the podcast before. Like, everyone in the goth scene was the biggest nerd at their high school. So, yeah. like, you'll fit right in. <laughs> you're like graphic design nerd. Boom. Oh, there you go, there you go, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what? What's I saying? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, talking about oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 one day I'll leave Obsidian. One Monday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that day was uh, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I, I uh, left Obsidian. Um, I, I kind of really wanted to start focusing more on the writing mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Actually, while well, I, I briefly helped out on like one or two other projects, one got canceled. And then the last one was the Kickstarter, which was another accomplishment for them. They had the highest rated Kickstarter uh, ever. Um, but yeah, I helped out a little bit. But eventually I wanted to do more of the writing type sure. stuff. I, I liked storyboarding, but I, I started really realizing I liked uh, the story aspect more than the the boarding aspect. Because especially today, like I think I brought up early on... Uh, Back in the day, it used to be like this smoke-filled room with a bunch of funny people improving, like problem-solving. And now it's not really that anymore. It's more like you're like a glorified layout artist in, yeah. in storyboarding today. No, no, uh, whatever to whoever works in storyboarding today. But that's just the way it's I changed. See. A lot, yeah, you know? it's really changed. It's more regimented. It's more keeping your character. When it got to more keeping your characters on model than actually coming up with interesting problem solving uh that's kind of when i knew like you know i really it wasn't really my my thing anymore especially and i, I get the reason why they why it's that way is because uh i 
think I was taking a test for like American Dad or something like that, and mm-hmm. like oh, geez. the 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 Bible they give you, they loan you. It's just nothing but like saying like you gotta make sure like you don't do such and such thing or use this mouth shape, otherwise the Koreans, the Koreans, they'll get so confused. It was almost condescending, like. At, like the way it was written, it was like these people over there—they they just don't know anything. You gotta like show them every. And I, I didn't really like being a part. I didn't like the prospects of being. You a felt part. more like a cog in a machine yeah, rather well, than an artist. It, it's not even that. Like uh, when you look at the grand social things, the only reason that stuff is sent to another country is because the cost of living is lower there. So, like, when you think about it in the back of your head, or it's like... Or they don't have as many labor protections. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, this is exploitation. You're you're a cog in the wheel for harming a, the development of a society. And Korea, it's, it's so, like, now, like, they have, they have their own slowly booming animation. They have a wonderful film industry. Like, oh my gosh, have you seen Snowpiercer? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and the host before that. Oh my god, they have like a blossoming like stuff like Oh yeah, the, but, and but, there's K-horror. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but look what's gonna happen then. They're gonna start showing, uh, shoving stuff to another country where like India or even some war-torn something or another. It's just, I didn't like the prospects of being a part of that. I'm not, not saying like social justice work is, you know, job's a job, but like I, I just no, I, really, I, yeah. I completely understand. Yeah, like identify a hundred percent of feeling icky about getting up yeah, and going to work. And in, and, in the and you know, I get I, it. I'm I feeling it right still, now. Still, I <laughs> no, I'm not not right uh, this moment. Okay. I mean, the current yeah. day job that I have, I feel that way every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I you know, I, there was that, and then you know, just the fact that stuff gets sent. It, not even just in animation, visual effects, all this mm-hmm. stuff. It, it gets sent well, to there's that whole thing with, like, Rhythm and Hughes yes. and, like, Life of Pi, like, was never paid for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, it's not even just VFX. There's video game industry stuff. Oh, there's sure. so much. Like, at one point, dear South Park, oh, to go back to the city. No, no, no. Uh, they, we set stuff overseas. Like, we're trying to get our battle screens, like, uh, like done... That way, it would alleviate a lot of layout stuff, and they just got screwed up because the communication was so. And in the end, we didn't even use any of those battle screens. So we like paid them for all this stuff for for. At like, least they paid them. Yeah, yeah, I mean they got paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like we we just didn't do it, and it would have been quicker to just do it in house. And uh, yeah, and there's just a lot of that. So, but but for me though, like beyond the global whatever social justice thing. For me, it just seemed like, artistically, all I'm doing is basically laying out stuff. There's a script that is written by someone who got into their position due to a lot of, like, ass-kissing or politics, (laughs) internal politics, and that script is gold. That script is, like, you can't touch it. You can't, like, say there's a better way to do this. Right. So, like, I kind of just, I, it really wasn't my, I, and I know there's some shows out there that are really, like, different. Like, the, their production scheme, it's, it's a premise, I think premise-based show is, is, a, is a word where it's, like, the storyboard artists do have, like, a lot of carte blanche. Creative. Yeah, yeah. There's only a handful yeah. of those storyboarding jobs, and the rest yeah. are, like you said, you're doing layout. Yeah, well, yeah, Christian yeah. said that that's the way it was when he was storyboarding and doing character modeling on The Simpsons, yeah. where he was utilizing his improv skills, yeah. his improv acting skills, yeah. as part of an art, an art, you know, an art job 
to come up where they have that room yeah. where everybody's there's a director and, in the room and a producer in the room and everybody's just up pitching ideas yeah. and everybody's just kind of latching and building doing yes yeah. ands on top of everything to try and move it make a story and make yeah. it funny and, and that's what they were and that's doing. why he was a brilliant teacher right? yeah. like oh we're just sorry about Christian yeah. <laughs> no no that's why he was a brilliant teacher because he taught the class right. as he, it he was, was he was my sketch director yeah. when I was in sketch and uh and he was super encouraging yeah. and super, um, uh, you know, just really helpful and instructive and and, and nurturing in that yeah, fashion. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, love but, you, Christian. Yeah, lo- love you too. We all love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, even yeah. Luna loves you. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, there wasn't those many jobs, and then you know, in feature as well, there's even less. There's like a handful of those. So it's like, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of options. So I kind of decided to just kind of do a comic. Okay. Uh, I decided to write a comic book because I had okay. been reading comic books and watching anime and watching a lot of edgy stuff for as long as I had liked animation. So I just decided, like, you know what? I'm just going to write a comic book. I'm not even going to illustrate it because, like, that, that, <laughs> that was the biggest, like, kind of hurdle for me because it's like... Yeah. You have, like, the, you know, internally you have this ego where it's like, I want to be the one who does everything. I want to draw it. I want right, to right, color right, it. Right, I right. want to ink it. I want to write it. And, and there are those art tour people who, like, Faith Aaron Hicks, uh, um, just tons of Scott, Scott McCloud. I mean, I, I see Scott McCloud as more like a brilliant educator, but he is one yeah. of those people who's just doesn't, like, doesn't Klaus do that? And Daniel Klaus does. Yeah. Dan Klaus. Yeah. Dan Klaus. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well the indie scene is nothing, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. a lot of like people who do graphic novels, like, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, like he did all of Scott Pilgrim and his new one seconds. That's everyone. If you're, if you're Lizzie is go read seconds. Like just like <laughs> a bunch, bunch of just like people who are able to do that. But me, I was like, ah, like, I'm going to scrutinize my drawing so much that I will never get to the writing aspect okay. of this. Like, I'll just get delayed. So I, I just decided to... So who, who, who did you get to draw the, uh, the book? Uh, a wonderful guy named Marco Magani. Uh, Italian. Uh, North Italian, too. So he, he he's like... Uh, the, I My great-great grandfather was from calabria so that's like pretty much the other side of the world when you when you're looking at the scheme of like italy it's just culturally different but he's like north italian so like they're milan and he's actually he's in uh padua but that's like the venetian province so he's he's technically venetian so like uh yeah 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 but completely oh yeah yeah oh and he speaks uh, what really got uh, what really makes the relation work though is like he speaks English really well like, yeah well, and, like when I was doing my study abroad over there you know like I had a month between finding out that I got into the program and actually leaving to learn as much Italian as I could so I spoke like the worst like <laughs> first semester Italian and like I'd order food and stuff and then they'd answer me in English and be like oh thank god <laughs> you know but like, I, I tried I really did it was yeah, yeah. Uh, oh well but, you know what also helps it too is like he's my age or he's a little younger actually uh, and we're both into video games. Like he's just go. like he, he. All he does is like the se- like the second he got the job, uh, he like looked at my IMDb and saw that oh you were did senior how was that uh, da, 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 I'm such a gamer and like <laughs> that helped the connection a lot because we're we're on the same level and we both get like things and and <laughs> I we literally are up at because he oh, God they're like nine hours ahead so like. Yeah. 
pretty much our working relationship was like I would be at the gym at like 11 or 12 o'clock at night and he's just waking up so I'm like on the treadmill like giving all this artistic direction and stuff and he's just like waking up like doing this but like later on like when we started uh when the production started plateauing and there wasn't that much work we'd just be on like Heroes of the Storm like all that long it's like uh, yeah we're still like I'm still racking up my my score on that uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i know nerd 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 uh but yeah, yeah wonderful guy like i i originally like i was telling kitty earlier but i i basically did a help wanted call on deviant art of all places okay, cool, cool. for a bunch of artists and i got so many like people to reply to me um and uh, you know some of them were good some of them were not so good, uh, and, but you know, even the people who are like brilliant artists, when you when you send them the test, you really get a good like idea of their work ethic because they'll either do it like in three days or take like two weeks, and then I think even one person like sent me back a test like like a month and a half later, and it's like. I'm literally already, like, halfway through the first issue with this one artist. You took that long to get back to me? But, uh, but he just stood out, like, like, no tomorrow. Like, he, he basically, it was a six-page test, and I, and I, it, it was kind of a, a, a bit of a trick, because I basically said, like, do as much as you think best exemplifies your art. Sure. And, like, you know, there there's a variety of pages uh, in, in it. Like, there's the easy conversation pages, there's the action pages, and, like, the set piece, which is, like, the stinger, the last page on the first issue. Um, and he chose, like, the hardest ones. He chose, like, the conversation page... No, no. He chose a crowd scene, like a huge, huge crowd scene. And then he chose a conversation scene and then he chose the stinger and like the most complicated pages, like you, you could even choose. Uh, and he just blew that out of the park. And, nice. he, and, I, and I was even telling you earlier, like he changed stuff. Like, uh, if you read the comic, it's a, fantasy comic uh, takes what's, place. It's, what's it called oh sorry <laughs> what's my name what's your comic called uh, it's called Archon it's uh, Archon. What, uh A-R-C-O-N Archon yeah 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 yeah. A-R uh, A-R-C-H-O-N uh, <laughs> uh, you know most people like pronounce it Archon like mm-hmm. I, I've been really? to a co- yeah yeah I've been to a few conventions and like the little kids I mean whatever they're little kids they're like Archon I'm like Archon like it was a cake, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it takes place in the 1980s, kind of like a historical fiction in Las Vegas, and a kind of wayward Vietnam vet gets a job at a fantasy themed casino. I think like the Excalibur or sure. something. And uh, you know, he initially goes like uh, thinking this is just like a regular job and people in costumes, and then he realizes this casino is actually a front for all these actual mythical creatures like orcs and dragons and stuff and we're like it's 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 a front Fun. so like he, he and he's a human so he's like a fish out of water in this entire situation where these are things that he doesn't even understand and like it, it's just like and then there's even like a subplot beneath that where like the casino itself might be doing something like illegal within the magical law that uh, order of this world as well so it just it, it layers and cool. layers and layers cool. and it's kind of an unsolvable thing but but yeah 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 he uh he did stuff differently like i gave him the instruction to like uh just put all these people in costumes and he would like uh 
he drew all the orcs, uh, well, ox orcs, orcs uh, in suits. Because, like, it makes sense. When you think of it, the orcs are the muscle. And the muscle in Las Vegas are... Yeah, always Always wear suits. Suits, suits. And, like, the elves, they're accountants, so they wear glasses. Nice nice monkey suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like the, the there's a dwarf who who runs a bar and he dresses like with a trucker hat and has a handlebar mustache. He doesn't even have a full beard. And it's like, yeah, he did this cool stuff. He just used his imagination to like just make what I the scribbles that I drew and like the whatever that I wrote just a thousand times better. Nice. Uh, nice. So yeah, yeah, we we put together uh, the pitch and then eventually we finished the first issue and we. Shopped it around to a bunch of publishers, and eventually we landed with Action Lab Entertainment. Nice, they're nice. Uh, really they're an up and coming uh, cool. publisher. Uh, put out some superhero stuff. A lot of cool like all ages. They're all ages in print because Action Lab is split uh, into two. They have their Danger Zone, which is the really mature zombie tramp. Uh, uh, Southern dog stuff like that. A really mature imprint, and then they have their all ages imprint, which is their superhero stuff, my stuff, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, and it's it, it's a really cool company. Cool. And, and they're and the good thing about them is they give you a lot of carte blanche on on your your creativity. They they hardly ever like have given me any notes. I think like mm-hmm. the only notes I've probably gotten. Or maybe graphic design stuff, like when I'm putting together a, a cover, they're like, hey, it looks a little busy here. Like, that. that's about it. They don't, like, they they want you to be creative. They right. want you to put cool. together your own story and stuff. Be your um, own voice. That's be great. your own voice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so is that what you're continuing to work on now? Uh, yeah, it's actually, we finished the entire first arc. Uh, the first arc is called Battle of the Dragon. Which may or may not be a reference to a Stevie Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> I also reference Oingo Boingo somewhere in there, and, nice. and you gotta do what you gotta and do. Reagan and a bunch of stuff. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's you like, need any like post punk oh, stuff from that it's, era? You it's can talk gonna, to us. Well, yeah. it's eighty one, so it's gonna when oh, it starts yeah. going up. It's yeah. like I mean, I like we'll see how it, how it goes. Like, this is a you know, like it's the first book. Five issues. Um, we'll we'll see if it has an audience. If it does, then we'll do the next. There was, a, there was a comic book that I read. It was a vampire comic, and I don't remember what it's called. And I still have a couple issues of it at home. But all the characters looked like rock stars. All the characters <laughs> were like one of them looked like Billy Idol. One of them looked like Ju- uh, Julia Roberts. One of them looked like Peter Murphy. What? But they were. It was like a yeah. total like black and white well, vampire story. The only color in it was red for blood. That whenever there was blood, it was red. Everything else was. Is that was, Sin City? No, 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 okay. no, no. It wasn't Frank Miller. This was like okay. a, a smaller, smaller book. I don't remember what it's called now, but um, but it was a, a vampire comic. And uh, oh, yeah. you said vampire. Yeah, everybody like looked like rock stars. Everybody looked oh, like famous like, people. Yeah. Um, Constantine is based off of Sting, like in the oh comic yeah. Books. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Supposed to look and kind of sound like Sting. Yeah, so. cool. I know that's they should they should have just got Sting for the TV show. <laughs> yeah. Or you know someone who wasn't Keanu Reeves for the I movie. Know, I know, it's so bad. I, we could go, yeah, we could go <laughs> TV show uh, movie adaptations for like. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So we want to hear more about your. No, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so the entire arc is completely done. Um, we're taking a hiatus after issue five because sure. I'm actually in grad school right okay, now, cool. like getting my MFA in screenwriting. Yay! <laughs> I'm deciding to 
put this uh, writing thing to use. Uh, so we're taking a bit of a hiatus. Um, we have a couple other projects in the work, but uh, the the goal right now is to just do book two eventually. Uh, three, four, five, six, seven, blah, blah, blah. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's uh, definitely... So now that you're on hiatus, are you are you taking time to consume anything, or are you just, just kind of still doing work? Uh, you know, like, I, I feel like I haven't stopped working since I was, like, uh, probably like 20 years old or 22, 21. Like, cause right out, like I said, going all well, bringing full circle out, out, out of uh, college straight to work. Then one job after another, after another. And even between leaving obsidian and, and, uh, going to grad school, I was doing this comic. It just was a 24 hour thing. Like I should file label labor law against myself. Like <laughs> as my only, cause I, I was, I would not sleep for, for, days on end because it, it's like managing an entire team it's sure. just like yep again it's setting up ftps like giving notes like making sure everything a page is put together and given to the publisher on time like get, well, fixing word balloons um do you have like an ending already planned out like yes. do you know how it's gonna end yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. how many issues or how many books uh, I, in total right, do you want to put out we are going to settle on 35 issues which would be seven books okay yeah yeah i mean like that sounds awful yeah 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 and it's funny like when i pitched it to them i said this is harry potter meets scorsese's casino and they (laughs) they they change it to lord of the rings meets scorsese's sorry jk rowling (laughs) but like uh yeah 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 we had a i had an ending like way way when i created the the premise of it because like there's there, there's stuff gonna happen in this arc that may or may not jive with some people, like, uh, uh, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, there was, like, a real arc I wanted to do with this, and then just explore characters, explore, sure, sure. like, turning, turning tropes on its head, because, you know, it's, it's fantasy, so it's very, especially, it's not, it's not dark, low fantasy like Game of Thrones, it's kind of more high fantasy, where you have your tropes, but, like, I felt like Let's not throw, like, fantasy out with the bathwater just because Game of Thrones is popular right now. We can still explore these tropes in different ways. Where it's like, here's these people who, like, a Lord of the Rings-type world existed. It existed, like, the Fourth Age happened, like, Mm -hmm. way back in the day. And now it's, like, the Fifth or Sixth Age. And, like, these people still have to, like, make a living. (laughs) <laughs> like they, they they have to work at a bar and stuff, but obviously they can't tell humanity that a magic exists. So otherwise, it'd be like World War Three with like stuff that undoes time and space. Yeah, and like wizards and knights have basically become government bureaucrats, and like the dragons are basically Wall Street moguls and stuff <laughs> like that. But like they all have to like conform to the rules of human society sure, while sure. still kind of keeping their own culture their own yeah, flavor there's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of like dual, duality dual world kind of stuff yeah, like yeah. that like there was the uh um uh, anonymous rex the yeah. the, the, the where, where uh, amongst humans there are dinosaurs yeah. disguised as human beings yeah. and and uh, you know interspecies sex and, <laughs> and getting high off oregano and stuff uh. like that you know? so and, and, but yeah that's a that's the thing that 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 I that I've always enjoyed, where you see where there's a a hidden world in our world. There's another hidden society within our world of 
fantastic what we would consider fantastical creatures and and, and pe- people existing in our modern world and yeah. that's always been a, like like v or yeah, you know, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's cool and, and you know like the, yeah I, I think for me though what brought me to this concept uh because it was like three or four concepts that were mediocre that i combined into one like really i thought good one uh was that like you know, like I brought up Harry Potter, like they go to that world. They they take a train and they're disconnected from the Muggle world. Uh, like Lord of the Rings, it's a completely past world that doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Like, what about a world where this stuff is on top of like our world? Like, how do these people, like who have their own identity, their own culture, like deal with like just like uh, a a, a Republican president. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like, yeah, and it's true. Like they, they, these really like liberal-minded wizards smoking pot and stuff. Like they're obviously not gonna con- drink the the Republican Kool Aid. Yeah. They're gonna be hippies. They're gonna be like Ronald McDonald. Like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. They have opinions on our world. They interact with our world. They are in a more comfortable position and able to to physically interact because they are posing as a front. Like they're posing as people in costumes. Uh, for the guests of this casino who are all human and stuff. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what really drove uh, drove me towards this idea. Cool. Cool. That sounds really cool. Archon. Archon. Right. We'll put links up for that, and we'll put links up for the publishing company, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. Oh, and I so, have copies for you, too. Oh, I, I brought it. I was like, oh, bro, you get a copy, and you get a copy, and you get a copy. How yeah. very Oprah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, Archon Winfrey. Uh, yeah, there you go. Continue talking. So you said you kind of you said before earlier that you kind of gave up on TV. So you're not really. Sounds like you work a lot. So you're not really doing any consuming of things. Uh, Actually, it's really funny. Uh, Do you want the convention copy or the regular copy? One's rarer than the other. Both. Okay. Sure. Here. I gotta keep one for Lisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, no. Actually. Surprisingly, TV is the thing that I've kept so current on. <laughs> like, especially like with the digital revolution, just the Hulu, the Netflix, the Amazons. Like, I've because a lot of times you're just sitting there working on stuff, and you just have that thing on sure. in the sidebar. Sure. And like, I, I'm more current on that stuff, and really embracing. Like, so what do you watch? What are you watching now? Oh, What's new that you? That you oh, watch? I think like. I, I know this is weird sounding as a guy, but I think Orange is the New Black is like my most favorite show on television right now. I fucking love I Orange is love, the New Black. Especially this season. I, again, this is going to be like uh, tiptoeing around spoilers uh, for you Orange. I know, I know, I know. But this season, like what I think they the creators of the show have just like come to the conclusion that Piper is not the central character. Well, the no, show. Orange is the New Black yeah. doesn't have commercials. Yeah. They have scenes with yeah. Piper and Alex. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, it's an, it's it's become more of an ensemble thing where it's, like, it's about all these other characters who are, like, have had harder lives and then just seeing how this pampered, like, girl is just, like, becoming real hard. Yeah. Like, well, I know the show creator, Genji Kohan, yeah. has said in interviews multiple times that she was really sad that the only way she could tell the stories of these women of color was by having Piper as, like, 
pretty white girl fish out of water because yeah. unfortunately that's the world we live in. Like, yeah, it yeah. sucks that that's what you have to do to like tell stories of women of color, you know? Yeah, and, and it's so like because you're, you're another thing is like a lot of these people like especially women of color, women of different cultures, like, they don't have the most cliche, like, backstory, mm -hmm. like, you you would expect. Yeah. Like, I, I've, I've said this a couple of times to other people, like, uh, early on when I was applying for different uh, writing programs, like, uh, they wanted a script, like a spec script. Uh, you, you write a script for a pre-existing, currently in production show. And one of them yeah, I wrote yeah. was... Uh, an Orange is New Black script, and it was supposed to be the origin story of Boo. And oh. it, but the thing is, like, I came from it. I wrote it as a really kind of cliche. Her backstory was like she was like in a biker gang, and she was really tough. And then, like this season, like they explored her backstory, and it's like turned it on its head to yeah. the point where I think she even says, like, I don't have a crazy backstory. I have just been a person who's been oppressed her entire life yeah. like and that's what i love about this show it's like these characters don't have predictable backstories they have like such nuance they're not tropes it's they're, not yeah. tropes yeah. And, uh, and that's why i think i yeah i oh, really God. like um crazy eyes oh, backstory is so oh, heartbreaking I know. oh my gosh. gosh yeah like uh, you really feel for her um and just all of them like you mentioned they're so good even um one of the girls with like the meth teeth Oh like, yeah, yeah. She's Amish. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing when when they said that when <laughs> when they showed her backstory. I was like, this show. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, again, like it's it's television, so it's a bit contrived. Like, yeah. and but when I say contrived, I don't mean that in a negative at all. Like, good storytelling creates like these interesting scenarios. So it's like everyone just has such a crazy backstory where it's like mm -hmm. she was Amish for God's sake. Yeah. It's like. Oh, and, uh, and then another, like, uh, what, uh, Yen, uh, Ching, she's just, oh, like, yeah, in the yeah, mafia. Yeah. She's, like, a mob boss uh, oh because some God. dude, like, didn't think she was pretty enough oh, to marry. Mary? Like, amazing. Oh, my gosh. Like, they just love it. It's just, <laughs> yeah. this is my, one of my favorite shows on yeah. television. It's so cool. good. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching uh, Mr. Robot. And, I want to um, watch it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. So I haven't gotten to Jane the Virgin yet. We've been having a lot of problems with, with, uh, with uh, I think, where our, our streaming is being throttled. So I'm trying to come up with a, with a VPN solution to kind of no. uh, make my, my streaming private so they can't tell what I'm actually... What you know? What I'm, what traffic I'm doing, so they can't throttle me. But I mean, worse like, to worse, it's on popcorn time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love popcorn time. Um, yeah, I just don't. I just want to get out of the whole thing of having to download something and watch it and then delete it. I just want to stream it. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, That's the way TV is going, anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. and then you know, even my program, they're literally saying the same thing. It's like the networks are done. They, they, <laughs> they, their, their, their yeah. numbers are are. Days are numbered. Yeah. The days are numbered. They're just the like, other thing that um, that I've been watching. We just started. Uh, Victoria mentioned this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Was Wayward Pines, oh, and oh, it's yeah. a show. It's a Fox show. It's Matt. It has this amazing cast. It's Matt Dillon and uh, uh, Trevor Howard. No, no, Terrence, Terrence Howard. Howard. The other and, Terrence uh, Howard. Yeah, Fox drama. Yeah, Ter Terrence Howard. Uh, 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 Juliet Lewis, and just all these really amazing people. And that's what really and and Victoria's recommendation. I found out right during the first opening credits that it's produced and directed by M Night Shyamalan, which like oh no no no, <laughs> no. but 
So far, so good. So uh, far, it has deviated from his usual. Yeah, and it's funny. Like a lot work. of like those creative teams or or directors, they like kind of who have success in cinema, and then they kind of like drifting. Drift, yeah. Well, no, they do some really terrible stuff. Like, and the, you think their career's over, and then they'll go into TV, like the Wachowskis, like. You know, af- oh, after, uh, yeah, like after Jupiter Ascending, they were like, everyone was like, oh, your careers are over. And then <laughs> since they came out and it's like uh, the best. Okay. I, I do have to stick up for um, Jupiter Ascending because it's basically 14 year old girl fan fiction <laughs> with like a million dollar uh... budget. But like, think about it. It's like magical girl tropes. Like she's a normal girl who hates her life, but then she finds out she's a space princess and then she gets the hot boyfriend. And like, it's totally like everything that every nerdy 14 year old girl wrote, you know, when she was that age. So, you know what, Lana, like you do you. Yeah, I know. And I like, (laughs) I I haven't seen it, but I love Cloud Atlas. Like, I, a lot of people really hated Cloud Atlas. A lot of people hated V for Vendetta. I think they're comic purists. Like, I, I see V for Vendetta. I, I'm one of those people. Yeah, I mean, like... V for, I like V for Vendetta. I like Watchmen, too. And, and, uh, and I, did, of, I didn't like Watchmen, though. I, but I think that's probably why I was probably more of a purist for the comic. But, yeah, like, yeah. I, I feel to me, like, V for Vendetta, I, I don't know. Like, it wasn't as precious to me, but, like... But, like, I thought, like... I really like Cloud Atlas because, like, it was just, like, such a, like, remarkable, like, um, thing. Did you read the book? Uh, Cloud- oh, yeah, I, I started it. Okay. It's it's written different. It's, like, yeah. it's written way, way different. And, like, it's structured way different. Yeah. Like, it, it's uh, chapter, chapter, I chapter. I would have liked Cloud Atlas better had it been somebody else other than Halle Berry. I'm really got to really? the point where I'm not I, a fan of I kind of liked... I don't know. Like, I feel like the way they utilize the A-list actors, like Tom Hanks, uh, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Hugh Grant, like, stuff mm-hmm. like that was really... Because they... They in different timelines they'd have yeah. they'd be against character like, yeah and- or they'd have like a tiny bit part yeah you know? a tiny bit part so yeah. it's like like I get what they were trying to do with like reincarnation and everything but just having read the book I think it would have worked better as like maybe a mini series yeah it that was pretty convoluted it was hard to keep up there with. Yeah. They, you know and that's probably why they're doing like a series there. Yeah, yeah but you know like what it kind of is is like. A lot of these things that were put in, that were greenlit and put into production, like, like years ago, like, mm-hmm. came prior to people really garnering respect for television. Like, yeah. it, it really took like this kind of renaissance of television to basically say, like, yeah, that you can actually do a miniseries. You you can do Watchmen as mm-hmm. like a seven part or eight part like miniseries. You can do yeah. like. Uh, 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 John Adams, the the a really dry academic book mm-hmm. as like an HBO like limited series. It's like, yeah. but there wasn't that like a long time ago. So a lot That's of people true. that came out in what like two thousand seven ish. Well, yeah. everybody complained that Lord of the Rings uh, movies were too long and blah. Yeah. And I, and I prefer the extended editions yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. It's like I want to see that, and it could have been. A, a, it, it, it's all a matter of what you said. It's about telling the story yeah. and about you need to take time to tell your story because otherwise it's going to be rushed yeah, and muddled, yeah, and you're yeah, not yeah. going to be able to pay attention to it. Well, it's all because and I think yeah, I think I love that a bit. I love the extended editions for Lord of Lord the, the Rings. Rings. Yeah, 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 very much so. Extended editions for The Hobbit, yeah. on the yeah. other hand. I haven't seen the extended yet, but I I just enjoyed spending more time in that universe. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. (laughs) So, 
Um, are you are you watching anything yeah, new? Um, I haven't mentioned Penny Dreadful, but I fucking oh, I love really Penny Dreadful. I really want to see that show. It's so good. It's so, so, so good. And uh, it's nice to Eva see. Eva Green is in it? Yeah, yeah, Eva, yeah. She's amazing. Josh Hartnett's really good. And I still maintain they should have cast Josh Hartnett to play um, Indiana Jones' son in the last movie. Uh, so, you know. like I Shia I've, LaBeouf. Yeah. But I've had a hard-on for Josh Hartnett for ages, so it's <laughs> nice to see him, like, you know, doing something and, you know, being, like, sexy horror monster and all of that. You uh, know? Very cool. So, I, gotta, I gotta see that. Like, I keep yeah. hearing Wonder... And another show people keep telling, like, I think it was, like, a teacher of mine, like, kept saying, like, go see Peaky Bender. Yeah, Peaky uh, Blinders is really oh good, Oh, my gosh. I, I, like, yeah. there's, there's too much. There's too much television. I, not yeah. enough time. Yeah, there just, is way too much. I, just, I keep finding yeah. more things to, to look at and just, put in my yeah. put in my list, um, I just oh, gotta get the streaming thing figured out. One show that we out. were talking about earlier that I just jumped onto is Steven Universe. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, yeah. my my kids really love that show, yeah. and, and it's it's really very. It's like um, very gender positive, positive gender queer positive, positive, right? right. Yeah. And it's so weird because you kind of like, you know, it's geared towards like children, but yeah. like it, a more mature person like reading between the lines can see these things and you're just like amazed like wow well, the, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, Gen Z it's a new uh, web series it's oh. a sci-fi animated web series mm-hmm. and it's one of the first uh, to have uh, a, uh, a trans woman as the lead wow. and, and it's recently been getting a lot of they put a small clip of it online and it got a shit ton of hate mail and a shit oh, ton no. of hate comments and everything like that so they're yeah. kind of recovering from that yeah. blow, but it's supposed to come out in October or November, but I actually had Hayden Black, the creator of it, yeah. on podcast earlier this year, like right after Galley back in March, oh, nice. and uh, it's supposed to be coming out, and I'm hoping to get a podcast episode with the entire cast, but they've gotten some bigger names to be on that show, uh, Hal Sparks is on the show, yeah. um, there's a couple other people who have, who have signed on to do voices, yeah. voiceover work on it. So My friend Aaron cool. mentioned Gen, it a Gen bunch, yeah. Said, yeah. yeah, 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 I really, I want to. Yeah, really looking forward to supporting that show really wholeheartedly. Uh, is it on, is YouTube or is it uh, Netflix? I don't know where it's going to be. It's a, it's going to be a web series okay. of some kind. Of Has it come out yet? No, it's okay. October, okay. November. Okay, cool. Later. Set my clock. So, um, <laughs> podcasting-wise, uh, there was a new James Bonding this week, and uh, there's I found out uh, through playing on all the Twitter games that I've been playing, I actually had fun playing on, on Twitter the other day with Orlando Jones, the Orlando Jones. Uh-huh. There was a hashtag game of uh, Orlando Jones a film or some or, or songs or something like that, yeah. and it, yeah, it was the Orlando Jones songs. And one of the the one that I did that caught attention was I did. Uh, uh, Revolution with a little R and a big E, so like the song Revolution with the Orlando Jones movie Evolution coming, and he caught that and wound up doing a whole bunch of back and forth with a bunch of those likes and stuff like that. Nice. But I found out through some of the Twitter games that I've been playing that kept through Kelly Carlin and some other people who are doing podcasting. Kelly Carlin is the daughter of George Carlin, who's oh. coming out with a book called oh. Growing Up Carlin, uh, all about growing up as George Carlin's daughter. Um, and that's coming out in September, I think. And there's going to be a movie, a podcasting, a movie about podcasts called What's a Podcast? And it's like a documentary. And they're trying to get Hardwick and a whole bunch of, uh, Marin and a whole bunch of other people to be on this, uh, and I said, something to XP volunteers as tribute. And actually, <laughs> the, the producer of what is, What's a Podcast 
added me back on Twitter. So oh, I'm nice. hoping to open some channels there yeah. uh, to get some kind of yeah. podcast cross pollinization going on. Well, like, too, I, I need to. I need to add you on Twitter. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you're on my Twitter, aren't you? I, I haven't seen you tweet a lot though. That's she doesn't tweet don't. a lot. Uh, <laughs> that that you know, Twitter is my like uh, like window to the outside world. Like I mean, I'm just like you're, you're on my Facebook. Yeah, you see my clubbing. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah. Twitter. Twitter. Uh, oh, for anyone, uh, John Joey Perez P R E Z okay. on Twitter. If you want to follow, okay. Me. Well, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do the yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's my uh, like outward to the entire outside. The world. other I big love podcast. Well, oh, go ahead. I, I wanted to talk about like the podcast documentary. I think it's definitely needed because like I've tried to explain this podcast to my dad, and I don't <laughs> think he quite gets it yet. I'm like, it's like a radio show. But it's on the internet, and we talk to people. And you can people, download it and listen to it anywhere yeah. you want, anytime it's, you want, it's on the your phone. That yes, like yes. you know, he doesn't have to like just put on something. I'm like, no, you can put it on your phone. Like you can listen to I it think in the Mark car. You can go to help, like, j- like, like, to a degree. Yeah, yeah, to a yeah. degree. To a degree. I mean, he's got Obama on there. Yeah, yeah. Say, when Obama's on a podcast, that's already. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that tells you where the world is going and things like that. I think we're going to mm-hmm. be seeing. Uh, probably on the you know left lefty side of things this coming election, we're going to be seeing a lot of appearances on podcasts coming up. Yeah, and well, there like were those that, YouTubers so. who got to ask Obama questions yes, too, yes, you know, yes. and that's something I've never seen the right do because no. they're all old and don't understand technology. Right, thank right, God. Right. <laughs> so um, the other podcast thing I wanted to talk about was LA Podfest is coming up in September, mm-hmm. and we are going. I, I'm buying my ticket for the entire weekend. Kitty, you're going to go. I'm I'm going to go, like, Saturday a couple days. Sunday. Like, I'm still busy getting ready for yep, Wasteland yep, yep, weekend. Yep, yep. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it's the weekend before Wasteland weekend, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah. And, so I'm uh, going to pop in as much as I can, but, you know, I'm going to be... It's at the uh, it's at the Sofitel Hotel in in Los Angeles, and there's going to be podcasters everywhere. I know I'm planning on seeing Greg Proop's podcast. Um, uh, There's a Super Ego podcast. Um, There's a couple other ones that I'm going to be attending as well. Um, But yeah, looking forward to. And they have this big podcasting room where you can basically have tables set up and you can bring your equipment and everybody can just sit down and podcast with each other. Mm-hmm. So I put, I'm, I'm seeing it as a big networking opportunity and hope yeah. to get some other podcasters on the podcast. Make sure we both have business cards and oh, stuff yes. Yes, ready yes, to go. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll, ha- I'll give you uh, another copy of my business card and you can like like scan it and put your name and then we can get some printed out. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, well, we're over like an hour 40 already. Um, <laughs> this went by really quickly. Uh, so yeah. this is good. So again, tell us uh, where people can find you and your work uh, online. Uh, where can they find Archon and all that? Uh, Archon is available on Comixology. Uh, issue 1 is out. Issue 2 should be out uh, third week of September. And cool. then I'll just be coming out every month until December. The trade will be collected uh, in January. Uh, it's available on Comixology and your local... Uh, comic book store awesome. uh usually if they don't stock it uh just ask them to stock it uh i am on uh facebook but you can't follow me on facebook <laughs> so follow me on twitter uh on honestly like I, go ahead and add me i just might not add you for a very long time because i i am like my facebook is just crazy like not, hardly ever used unless I want to complain about something political. And, then, like, <laughs> and what was your Twitter uh, handle? Uh, my, my Twitter handle was uh, John, J-O-H-N, Joey, Joe, J-O-E-Y, 
Perez, P-E-R-E-Z, at Twitter.com. Cool. Uh, Twitter.com? Is, no, Twitter. at Twitter. At, tw- at yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I, I'm it's on, usually yeah. Twitter.com backslash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm also Perez. on Tumblr. I forget. I don't know. I'm on Tumblr, but I like, Are you don't... on Instagram? I, I don't do anything other than Twitter and, like, Tumblr. And t- my Tumblr is, like, a wasteland of just, like... I tried no- to get my Instagram handle yeah. back, and it's locked. I, once you quit, so you, you, once you quit, you're no longer legit. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, First yeah. the Instagram giveth, and then the Instagram taketh take away. I, I, I should get on Instagram, but I, I don't know, like, like pretty much all the functions I use my Twitter for, I'd probably do the same thing with Instagram. Well, like, I'm on Flickr. I know, I should probably do that, too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good for artsy stuff. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. 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 Yeah. So, once again, you can find me at kittybrowndesigns.com. That's my portfolio site. I'm on Facebook as Kitty Brown. Um, I'm on Twitter as Kitty Brown, and I'm on Instagram as Kitty Brown Art. Cool. Uh, I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. You can find us online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog, please, and listen to past episodes. Get the numbers up on WordPress. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your hosts, Michael John Simpson and Kitty Brown. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and WordPress. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.